0: Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracks.com tracksforthejourney.com Thanks for listening today. How did you sleep last night? I know that's a personal question and you may not want to answer out loud. Your answer might include several factors, like how long your head was on the pillow, or whether you snored, what your children did, or even how your cycles of brain activity occurred. Whatever the factors, your experience of sleep is important. The way you feel today, and the illness that you may have next year, might depend on how you slept last night. I'm Larry Payne, your host for Tracks for the Journey. This podcast is dedicated to improving your well-being through progressive Christian spirituality and psychology. Right now, you are awake and listening to what I'm saying. But let's turn the clock back a few hours to think about the sleep you had last night. I'd like for us to talk about sleeping our way to health in our episode today. Your waking hours can be better if your sleeping hours improve. The great poets have wondered about sleep and written many volumes about it. Shakespeare wrote about a king who could not sleep in the play Henry IV, Part II. The king lamented, How many thousand of my poorest subjects are at this hour asleep? O sleep, O gentle sleep, nature's soft nurse! How have I frighted thee that thou no more wilt weigh my eyelids down and steep my senses in forgetfulness? The scientific study of sleep and health began with a French scientist, Henry Peron, in 1913. He did experiments on dogs first and then later to people. He deprived these of sleep to see what would happen to them. A couple of decades later, an American scientist, Nathaniel Kleitman, became known as the father of sleep science. He published a landmark book in 1939, and ten years later he announced the discovery of rapid eye movement, revealing for the first time the brain's activity during sleep. This revolutionized our understanding of what was happening in our minds during this incredible time. In these 70 years since, many studies have revealed more important facts about what happened to you in the dark last night. Turning from the scientific study of sleep, we can find in the book of Acts a semi-humorous story about that very subject. One night in the city of Troas, on the coast of modern Turkey, Paul the Apostle was meeting with Christians. They met in an upstairs room, and Paul preached for a long time. A young guy named Eutychus had perched himself near an open window, perhaps to catch a sea breeze blowing in the midnight air. The Bible says... As Paul preached on and on, he was sound asleep and fell to the ground from the third-story window and was feared dead. Let's ignore the obvious comparison to many other sermons that have put you to sleep, dear listener. For our study tonight, we may conjecture that Eutychus, this teenager perched in the window, was put into mortal danger by his sleep deprivation. The good news is that he wasn't dead, Paul revived him, and he apparently survived to tell the story. Here is a lesson indeed for sleep. Eutychus has many descendants in America today, I think. According to the American Psychological Association, 60% of adults and 70% of children have sleep problems more than one night per week. Unfortunately, Our American culture doesn't support healthy sleep habits. We are a culture obsessed with success, wealth, and beauty. The basic myth is the harder you work, the more successful you'll be. Many people sacrifice sleep by choice or by the demands of a work schedule to satisfy these incredible myths. We are a 24-7-365 society. One of the results is that the average American work week is about 20% longer than in Europe. Nearly 25% of American workers have no paid time off during an entire year, while in Europe it is the law to have 26 days off from work. This stress-filled schedule doesn't make us sleep better at all. We carry too much stress to bed for quality sleep. On the other hand, job loss and disruption during this past year of pandemic and societal turmoil didn't make us sleep any better. Recently, more than 25% of adult Americans said sleep issues had troubled them more during the past year than in any other time. We may pride ourselves in our advanced culture and knowledge over primitive people, but it seems like we've backtracked a long way from the commandment given to the Hebrew people 3,000 years ago, to practice a Sabbath of rest. The reality of poor sleep habits is a major health issue. Studies are unanimous in proving that sleep deprivation is bad for our health. While we may not fall from an open window like the boy in the Bible, we can be so drowsy that our work is affected In fact, over 100,000 wrecks are blamed on sleepy drivers every year. Sleep problems have long-term effects, including a weakened immune system, cognitive decline, high blood pressure, and emotional mood issues. Our episode today is about sleep and how we can sleep our way to health. We've talked about the problems, which are very serious, but what does healthy sleep really mean? Healthy sleep for adults means seven to nine hours of quality rest, the scientists say. Quantity and quality are both important. The time factor is important because our body and brain goes through cycles of sleep that require several hours to complete. Each cycle has five stages, which bring different responses in our muscles and brain activity. For example, phase one is a twilight phase where muscles relax, yet the mind is somewhat aware of noise and thought. Phase five, the last phase, is REM sleep, where dreams occur Breathing becomes more rapid, pupils move around as if they're seeing something, yet our muscles are shut down and unable to move. Each of these phases has benefits, such as tissue repair, mood hormones regulating, and memory processing the events of the past day. A good night's sleep will cycle through these phases more than once and bring us to wakefulness that's full of energy and mental clarity. So let me turn personal for a moment. How would you rate your sleep? Let's ask some simple questions to get a clue about this. Think about just sitting down. How likely are you to fall asleep if you're watching TV in the evening? How about if you're sitting down and riding in a car for an hour? What about laying down for an afternoon nap? If those are situations where you fall asleep instantly and and basically feel like you can hardly wake up then you have sleep issues Also think about snoring during the night has your partner ever mentioned about snoring <laughs> Snoring may indicate apnea which means a breathing problem that interrupts sleep and it basically destroys the sleep cycles that I've talked about providing a healthy sleep Now I want you to think about how long it takes you to go to sleep, or how many interruptions at night get you up from bed, or whether there are long minutes full of anxious thoughts that keep you lying awake in the dark. These things may indicate insomnia. Putting it all together, sleep is important to think about, and we must be aware if we are being sleep-deprived. Here may be the most important idea of all. If you get drowsy listening to tracks for the journey, it's time to get professional help. break away from our subject now to talk with you about something I've been involved in for a couple of years. During these difficult times in our world, many of us experience anxiety and grief, broken relationships, or sadness. And when those things happen, it's important to reach out for support. I've been involved with a website called betterhelp.com now for these two years and more. BetterHelp.com provides confidential, online, licensed professional mental health providers that try to meet all kinds of emotional and relational concerns. When you subscribe, you'll be matched with a counselor who's trained to meet the needs that you have. You can communicate with your counselor by video conference, email, chat, or phone from any device at the convenience of your home or anywhere you may be. The cost per month varies, but they can explain that. And as I've mentioned, it's been my pleasure to be one of almost 10,000 licensed professionals on the counseling team. Last year, more than 4 million contacts were shared between counselors and clients. This is something you may need. So let me encourage you not to hesitate and reach out for support from BetterHelp. The stories of Jesus mention his sleep. Caught in a violent storm on the Sea of Galilee, the disciples panic while Jesus sleeps in the storm-tossed boat, the men finally shouted at him to bring him awake, Rabbi, don't you care? We're going to drown. Now it's possible to interpret this story several ways. Maybe Jesus was sleep-deprived after days of demanding ministry. Maybe he wasn't worried about the storm since he had the power to calm it, as the disciples would shortly see. Or maybe he is an example of the vital habit we need to improve. For today's lesson, let's say that even Jesus needed a good nap every so often. If sleep was important for him, who do you think you are ignoring the subject? Looking through history, we might add the names of some other famous folks who have enjoyed a good night's sleep. Albert Einstein wanted ten hours per night plus a nap during the day. Jeff Bezos Jennifer Lopez and the Dalai Lama have all gone public with their preferred habit of seven to nine hours of sleep. They believe it's helpful for their lives. Maybe you can be rich, beautiful, spiritual, and a genius by following their example. We certainly need to learn about sleep. And in the next segment, I have some ideas for you. let's get practical about how we can have better sleep. I make conversation about this subject an important part of working with my clients in therapy. I do think it is an essential cornerstone of health. And it's surprising how often I hear them describe poor sleep habits. So for us today, here are three essential practices to have healthy sleep. First, have a regular time of going to bed and getting up. The body needs consistency to set the internal clock. Of course, set this habit to give at least seven hours of sleep. Try to do the same relaxing routine in the hour before bed each night, like taking a bath or doing some meditation or light reading. Second, set up your bedroom environment for success. Make it as dark, cool, and quiet as possible. That does mean moving out the dog, cat, or even the preschooler. Invest in a quality bed since you spend one-third of every day inside it. And have an honest conversation with your bed partner for collaboration in what practices might help both of you sleep better. Third, program your brain and body for rest. Use the last hour of the day to calm your mind and body from the busy day. Avoid the stimulations of caffeine and alcohol and big meals in the four hours before you lay down. Turn off electronics an hour before going to bed so that your brain waves calm down. And don't wait till late in the evening to have important conversation. Good sleep requires good preparation in that final hour before you hit the pillow. As we talk about what makes good sleep, I believe it's important to get professional help if you need it. I believe it's important to talk to your doctor about your sleep during any regular physical appointment. To prepare for that, keep a simple journal about your sleep for two weeks or so before your doctor's appointment. Record what you did in the evening, what time you went to bed, whether you got up in the night, and if you had any insomnia. In the morning, note how many hours you slept and take stock of how rested you feel. Pay attention during the day to how tired you are. These are important things to share with your doctor. Sleep is vital for your health. If you like a technology solution, consider a smartphone app that can help track your sleep. These apps use the capacities of your smartphone to measure movement, noise, and the environment with advanced algorithms that analyze what's happening. Check out some highly recommended apps like Sleep Cycle, Sleep Score, or Sleep Genius. Using any one of these for two weeks can provide real insight into what's happening in the dark. And armed with this information, when you talk with your doctor, You'll have some real information to share that can address this very crucial need about your health. Let me end with a personal story. Years ago, I used a Fitbit, a smart bracelet device for measuring activity, and wore it even during the night. For several mornings, examining the results confirmed what my dear, long-suffering wife had said. My sleep patterns were terrible. I snored started myself awake to breathe, got up in the night, and sometimes lay awake for hours. After looking at this, my doctor recommended a sleep study. So I brought home an electronic monitor to wear for a night. After analyzing the results, the doctor recommended that I move to use a CPAP machine. This is a simple device that forces air into your mouth to keep the airway open while you sleep. It prevents the apnea that startles many people awake at night and interrupts the sleep patterns. Adjusting to this did take several nights, but the results were amazing. I started to feel more alert during work with energy left over for exercise. My moods improved. I felt more creative. Plus, the snoring disappeared to the delight of my beloved. Even tonight, I'll gladly wear the CPAP mask to enjoy a good night's sleep. So let me close this episode about sleeping your way to health with a rhyme that my mother-in-law, Ruth, used to speak to our grandchildren when they were visiting with her for the night. Her admonition was, Good night, sleep tight, and wake up in the morning bright to do what's right with all your might. That's good advice for all of us, and may you do the same. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your host. And I invite you to join me for further discussions on the Tracks for the Journey Facebook page. I would also welcome you to email me. The address is trackspodcast at mail.com. Tracks for the Journey is recorded at the Bright Star Studio. All rights reserved. Original music by Jan Bork through Epidemic Music. The scripture is from the New International Version. Whatever your journey today, keep tracking on your path to well-being.